Hello everyone, welcome to Coffee at Jitters. My name is Sunny and I'm joined by my usual co-host Jason to talk about a movie review we'll be doing today about a movie that is currently out in theaters and has come out recently called Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, as this movie is still in theaters and came out very recently and not everyone has seen it, we're going to go ahead and do our new format, which is basically a non-spoiler review for this, and then we're going to go ahead and move into a spoiler review after that. So for anyone who hasn't seen the movie yet, you can go ahead and listen to the non-spoiler review you, see if you want to see the movie after hearing what we have to say preliminarily, and then go ahead and give it a pause, watch the movie, and then hear the spoiler part afterwards. If you've already seen the movie, you can of course just listen through to the through the entire podcast and let us know what your thoughts are at the end of it. We you do give you all of our social media accounts and all the places you can contact us and listen in on more podcasts at the end of the podcast as well. Now we're going to go ahead and dive in, and just as a brief summary, we do talk about some of the core values and issues we had with the movie, along with a lot of the small parts or large parts of the movie that really defined it for us. Now, we do really want to hear all of the things that you guys have to say about the movie as well, so once again, please listen through all the way to the end to hear all the ways that you can go ahead and have a conversation with us about the great things about this movie. So here we go. Alright, so for Ant-Man and the Wasp... um, I'm going to be completely honest. I really wanted to love the movie, Mm -hmm. but if I'm being just generally and completely honest about it, I felt like it was one of those one-off kind of uh, insert at the end for the sake of moving forward in the Avengers plot kind of Mm. movie. You know what I mean? Uh Like I felt like, so a big thing that I deem movies good or bad on is the fact that they are good standalone. And as much as this movie is good standalone, I felt like, they didn't treat it like it was a movie that was good standalone. Does that make sense? I think so. The main reason I believe that, though, is because if you think about it, it was all just kind of explaining why wasn't Scott Lang or (laughs) Ant-Man in Avengers. Here's why. Then post credit scene. And that's all that really, you know, not really matter, but that's all anyone's really talking about in the movie. I guess so. I mean, I think that it was kind of, uh, it was definitely a hard spot to be in because they're coming off of the heels of, basically what the whole universe was leading up to um and so like regardless of what's technically supposed to happen after the events of the first one or after civil war you know there was like that looming shadow of we just had the biggest movie so everyone is well aware that uh, that ant-man wasn't in that movie and Mm. yeah it's it's definitely a interesting problem to have to sort out i mean i think like personally i you know like my i guess if i were to give a spoiler free review or uh, spoiler-free thoughts about the movie. I really enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot more than that I was going to, actually. Uh-huh. And um, I think, I mean, I personally think that they did fine in terms of making it a standalone just because it's only, I think, because we have the knowledge of Infinity War that uh-huh. we can sort of see this as, like, retroactively explaining the situation on his end. Right. But they don't really ever mention any other like characters in the universe at all throughout the movie well they do mention one yeah they mentioned one but i don't know i guess for me it's the opposite effect where i went in hoping to enjoy it a lot and i came out of it not enjoying it as much as i wanted to right and um i guess we'll really start our spoiler free review portion of it here um but I just wanted to say that the biggest qualm I had about the movie was very weak and lackluster villains. I felt like mm. we really went moved back to we really moved back to the uh, like the old Marvel formula of one-off kind of pointless villains. 
and a big part of that is um and i'll get that get to that in the spoiler um portion of the video and i'll go into like why because of that reason but i didn't really feel compelled to see a purpose behind a lot of the things that they were doing outside of um their 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 goal of getting janet van dyme you know what i mean uh-huh so yeah i just felt like they could have made a movie that didn't have a villain in it at all and it would have been actually better for me than gotcha. having the villain that or villains etc whatever that they had in the film hmm. you know yeah uh, they did they did in my opinion though play on their strengths from the first movie and didn't overdo it you know how a lot of movies that they thought wouldn't do well like they didn't think the first ant-man would do that well and then it came out and it was like the movie everyone didn't know that they wanted um mm-hmm. they took a lot of the great elements from that movie and put it into this movie too and didn't overdo it and that happens a lot like that's how i felt um about deadpool 2 that they took a lot of the elements from the first movie and then overdid it in the second movie and it ah. kind of made it not as great but in this one i felt like they did just the right of touch you know right right yeah, I agree. Like the narration, uh, the really funny narration <laughs> uh, that what was his name, Michael Michael Pen- Pena. Yeah, yeah. The they didn't overdo it, you know, but they knew that that was like a really big seller about the first. Right, movie. that's and like Paul one of those Rudd's, things you like know it has to be in the movie, but yeah. I'm really glad that they didn't like turn it into something that became an old trick. Yeah, like a whole, like a like the whole movie is revolved around that, you know. Right. Because they could have, they could have done it that way, but they didn't. Yeah. And another, another great stuff that they brought over was like Paul Rudd's um, voice of the everyman. They did yeah. that really well. Still, you know, like the whole he's a smart guy, but he's as smart as the average person. You know, he was like a technical engineer. Yeah. Which makes him a pretty intelligent guy, but he's no more intelligent than like you know a lot of us could be yeah he's like he's definitely a little more like within reach i think it's easier to sort of uh sympathize with the situation because he's really not that far off from the way that uh any of us could act in any of these situations yeah (laughs) i yeah i guess like just so we can start moving into the spoiler one so we don't you know tiptoe around stuff i still recommend seeing the movie i don't recommend shelling out a lot of money to watch the movie personally i think it's fine to watch it standard on a sunday like a matinee Mm. um personally saying if you want to see it in higher definition because it is a visually stunning movie as well that's fine i'm just saying the bare minimum you should watch the movie and it's completely fine to go bare minimum on the movie, yeah. personally. Um, and I will say that a lot of the good stuff from the first movie are in this movie. But yeah. I'm not going to say go into it expecting like, oh, you know, they got a bigger budget now. And, you know, the movie did well the first time. So they're going to like blow it out of the park the second time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean it's, no, like... it's no Winter Soldier. Oh, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm just going to. That's how I like <laughs> to think of the movie. Which is totally fine. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, even the first Ant-Man, that's kind of one that was like hit or miss for people. Uh, but if you like the first one, I think you're definitely going to like the second one. I personally think that the second one was better than the first one. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I think like certain elements that made the first one good, they played mm. those things up well in this one. And I'm going to talk mm. in the spoiler section about what those things are. Um, but yeah, I think that the second one is better um, in no small part because other characters in the world get to like actually do stuff um Mm. noticeably you know like like the wasp is now able to do stuff and that makes her a lot more interesting than she was in the first movie where she was just like there to basically i don't know like the first one is like so fun but it like has like that annoying trope of like the guy who's kind of just like there and funny somehow 
gets thrust into the situation even though there's a very competent woman who's already skilled enough to take care of the job it's right. like you know what i mean and so like it's right. it's cool now that she can play and seeing her with um scott lang like their partnership is, is like really fun to watch oh so, yeah yeah i, I gotta hand it i gotta hand it to evangeline Lilly. she carried this movie for me for yeah sure. for sure um Scott, obviously, Paul Rudd is Paul Rudd. He's always going to be a good staple. But if he if he created the nice like foundation of the movie to go see it, Evangeline Lilly is like every pillar to build that skyscraper. Yeah, for me, anyways, in that film. Yeah, yeah. So I did want to do one little thing in my movie segments. Um, actually, Jenny and I like to do this a lot. It's the she's the person I go to watch movies with the most. Um, we like to do this thing where after the movie we give it like a solid grade. Like, uh-huh. you know, an A through F, and we can do plus or minus as well, just to give, like, a general feel. And I yeah. kind of wanted to start incorporating that into not only my own, but our movie reviews as well. Sure. And um, do we disagreed on the grade level of this movie? Um, she, or she gave it a lower score than I did. Uh-huh. Uh, but I gave it a solid, like, B plus, A minus range. Uh-huh. Um, more so leaning toward the B plus range than the A minus range, hmm. personally. Yeah, I'd say B plus. All as right, well but right. i i think like our perceptions of that grade is also different somehow oh yeah i mean obviously our <laughs> perception of the grade is different yeah but as these podcasts go on and you'll hear us talk about the spoiler parts of it right. i just want people to like kind of see where our perceptions of those grades are coming from so yeah. i think it's nice to start with this one and then as we move into it people will know more what we're talking about yeah let's just jump All into right. that now awesome. so if you got, if you haven't seen it yet you probably want to pause it here uh unless you don't care about spoilers in which yep. case i don't even i don't sure that's 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 i love spoilers (laughs) what they're my people don't don't my people if you love spoilers keep listening if you don't like spoilers like he said pause it now and we're gonna start in about all right let's go all right so i've got to say i hated the villains in the whole thing the whole to me like the whole movie could have just been exploring the quantum realm and finding um janet yeah or the original wasp uh, if people don't remember her name uh that could have been the whole movie literally yeah, because sunny was a, a useless uh, villain he didn't do anything he wasn't even comedic to me like i didn't think he was like fun to be around and then ghost ended up not really being a bad guy you know so it's kind of like there was no bad guy hmm. so what was the point you might as well have not inserted either of those characters into the movie and just made it all about the exploration of the quantum realm and like having the dangers and the problems that they have to face and overcome be within the quantum realm. There could be things in the quantum realm that they can't handle, you know, or like that requires them to team up, you know, or maybe bring Scott in because of that reason, you know, like, I don't know. That's just the way I saw it. I just didn't see the point of having like a villain who's not really a villain trying to do the right thing. That's good. And then the twist of like Lawrence Fishburne's character, Goliath being like, helping her out i was like i don't really care for any of this like you just took away the whole purpose of her being a villain and she didn't even do villainous things she would just appear randomly every now and again take the take the lab and then vanish mm-hmm. then the lab gets taken from her she yells no in an angry tone doesn't do anything evil or even remotely bad takes it back and is just running around if anything she was just like a nuisance or a competitor more than like you know what i mean it was like the great race for the lab and it was, like, the one guy who cheats really badly, which is Scott. And then Ghost, who's, like, kind of playing by the rules, but kind of not really playing by the rules. You know, so it's always going to come in second. And then Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne, who are, like, going to be, like, the victors you knew from the start were going to win the race. Mm. You know? And then you got plucky si- sidekick Michael Pena. You know what I mean? That's how the movie felt to me. 
and i i mean not the movie but like the villains purposes be yeah to me like those one-off you know like it's like a race like i said like a race like they're in the race car next to you like smiling at you going hey i'm gonna win this time and then like pass you and then you pass them anyway so hmm. you know what i mean they didn't really do anything evil they weren't evil they were sympathetic i mean villains yeah sure. or ghost was a sympathetic villain for sure but not really a villain so you had the sympathy for the quote-unquote bad guy but the bad guy wasn't a bad guy so yeah i mean that's fine i don't really i don't really need like a like a super clear villain in every movie i mean i think it was it's definitely apparent that she's like pushed to this place of desperation where she was like willing to kill someone to not die herself because Mm -hmm. the whole idea was like by taking the quantum energy from janet she could very possibly kill Janet, but that was kind of something that she was willing to do at that point because of just the constant suffering, which was like kind of intriguing. I don't think that they utilized her role as well as they could have. Like they could have mm-hmm. made things a lot more interesting. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that might just be because of script choices. Like I was wondering if the whole movie would have been a bit more compelling. So this this thought kind of stems from one of my only main problems with it. Like I ha- there's a lot in this movie that I know is probably not perfect, but. For whatever reason, I guess I'm like, okay, to forgive. Maybe just because of the headspace I was in watching it. Um, But I think the thing for me that bugged me the most was like when they met her, uh, like truly met her in the house. I felt like there was too much just sort of like talking exposition about her backstory. And I don't ever find that very fascinating. Uh So I was wondering if, you know, script wise, it would have been more interesting for them to just like have her as a as an antagonistic presence throughout their mission to rescue janet but then over time they like discover for themselves who she is and what her past right. is and then they can like have the question of like you know we need to save janet but also there's this girl who's like suffering and yeah she's been against us but like you know would any of us have done anything different so i think they could have like taken it in a more interesting direction in that respect uh-huh. um, having the heroes discover the information about their villain on their own rather than it being told in the form right. of flashbacks <laughs> right um, but that was like that's like my main fatal flaw in terms of the i guess quality of the film yeah, um, which was like I think maybe I'm uh, able to forgive it a little more just because Ant Man and the Wasp or like the Ant Man stories in general. I don't hold uh-huh. it to like I don't in my head hold it to like the standard of having to be you know like Winter Soldier level storytelling because of just right. like who Scott Lang is as a person and like what kind of stories he has. Right. Yeah. But I, for, I guess for me, like like I said, if the whole movie had just been in a quant the quantum realm. Yeah. Not the whole movie, but you know what I mean, like adventuring through the quantum realm. For all we know, we could have done like a ghost Janet Van Dyme, like back and forth of both of them are stuck in the quantum realm, both got absorbed quantum energy, and both were affected by it differently. Yeah. And one of them tried to retain control and sanity, and the other one lost it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then it becomes like, you know, this fight where you're fighting Ghost and you're trying to save Janet, and then all of a sudden, maybe when they got out of it, you realize Ghost was never really a bad guy, just the just a victim of the circumstances of being stuck in the quantum realm and like a good sign of the dangers of being in the quantum realm. Yeah. And because they talk about how time and space can be bent in the quantum realm, we could have learned all of Ghost's backstory and Janet's backstory in a really more interesting flashbacky way in mm-hmm. in the quantum realm. You know what I mean? Like if it gotten bits and pieces of either person's past and that way you can't tell who's who. You know what I mean? So the mystery would have been, is Ghost Janet, you know, and is yeah, Janet yeah. Ghost, or is, you know what I mean? Right. Or is it like, maybe it is both of them are Janet, and they're just split in the, this reality, and it's like her good and her bad side. You know, there's a lot of, like, more, like, mystery that could have been built into it mm-hmm. if they had done it that way, versus, like, just going, here's your generic vi- villain, let us tell you the backstory, you sympathize with her, she's not really bad, now they're helping her. Even yeah. in the post credit scene, they were helping her. 
you know, and like ten minutes ago, this woman was more than willing to kill you to like save, like save herself. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. I just didn't like the villains. I don't know why Sunny kept coming back. You know, there was no point. <laughs> I know I'm named Sunny, and I gotta tell you, the man his name in the movie, I rolled my eyes. Like, uh, I was like, here's another one-off villain named Sunny. Anyways, yeah, yeah. That I mean, I think he at least because at least Ghost like, was um, sort of like theoretically interesting in terms of her life and her. Uh, struggle and her powers and all that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't. I feel like businessmen villains are rarely good. The best Especially ones we probably ever get. Villains. Yeah. The best one we ever get. Uh, like is you know in the comic book world is probably Lex Luthor, or Black um, Mask. Yeah. Or Black Mask. Yeah. But um, or Kingpin isn't Kingpin technically a crime lord? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. But he is like he's like a totally different style. I feel like than yeah. you know Sonny was in then the, the generic. Uh, you know, I heard yeah, you got something is... better than this thing you're offering me. For yeah, money. I want to steal it from you so I can sell <laughs> it, and I'll throw as many endless goons at you until I get it. Right? See, <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like yeah, that. it's just never no very way. engaging. Like personally, like I never find myself. I don't know. It just doesn't like seem like it makes sense that they like a hero would ever lose against this kind of person. Like yeah. I never believe it. Like the Kingpin or Lex Luthor are a whole other story, because they have like. There's a greater sort of psychological element to them in terms of um, who they are and who they are in relation to the hero and stuff like that. Right. But yeah, um, this guy we just know is like a throwaway antagonist. Yeah. I think the last thing I want to touch on that's like a negative before we jump into all the great things about this movie is the fact that they pretty much showed every... Um, I know you don't watch trailers, so it was probably fine for you, but... Obviously, it's hard to, like, dodge <laughs> trailers forever, especially when you're on social media and everything yeah. else. And every action scene in the movie was in the trailers. So oh, I was yeah. like, none of the action scenes really, like, like was like, whoa to me. Because I was like, I saw that in the trailer. 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 Right. It's like, I saw all the action scenes in the trailer. Whoever they hired to do their marketing to create the trailer should be fired. <laughs> That was awful. Never do that again. You don't spoil every action scene in a film before they see the film. You know, it makes every action scene kind of pointless. Right. But jumping off from that to all the great stuff, my number one thing, number, I guess two things that I love the most about this movie, Mm -hmm. obviously, is one, the Wasp. So good, especially since she's already so skilled. There was no, like, training montage required. Oh, no, thank God. (laughs) She just kicked ass from the get-go. Her debut was literally her using the, the, like, wasp suit, I guess, like, you know, the pin particle. Yeah. Better than Scott ever used it. Right. You know, in the last movie. Like, literally amazing. And it's such a good counter, too, to, like, Ant-Man, because she's just, like, pure confidence in her ability. Like even yeah. the whole situation with the uh, like with meeting Sunny and like the deal going south and all that, mm. like she's not even phased by the situation. Oh yeah, she's like, I'm coming back and I'm getting this one way or the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if we can do it suitless or with the suit, like yeah, yeah, you can feel the sting or you can't. Like it's one or the other, man. Yep. Um, but I will say I did like also that Scott is way better with the suit now post Civil War as well. Yeah, and they won off that even more with the fact that the suit was still in beta testing. Yeah, you know what I mean. So the suit still had bugs in it, which hindered him to like the same level of <laughs> like skill he had with the suit in the first movie that he mm-hmm. did in this one. And I kind of like that that they made him they downplayed him back down to like the base level of kind of where he was. Yeah. So that hope, uh, so that Wasp could like you know display her skill way more. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, his suit bugged out all the time. And his, like, main... His, like, biggest, I guess, accomplishment part of the movie was when he obviously grew gigantic with the boat and, like, you know, <laughs> took, the, took the lab back from yeah. Sonny. And that's kind of a great callback to his in his Civil War moment where that's, like, what differentiates him from anyone else who uses the same type of ability. Yeah, you know, like that's Han- true. Hope doesn't become giant, giant wasp. Mm-hmm. You know, she just uses the suit and has blasters and wings and all this other stuff she can do with it and technical skills and fighting prowess. And, you know, Scott, Scott has his own thing now. He has, you know, <laughs> the growing. He, has, he can become gigantic and do what he did in Civil War, which is be a distraction. Like yeah. The best distraction that they're caught. That was that. Yeah, that, that's one of the best things I think about the movie. Like, I love when movies have this, like, uh, ability to tie in little details into, like, important moments. So we see him at the beginning of the movie, like basically just occupying his time and he shows the FBI agent, you know, that he's been learning magic. But then they kind of incorporate like the magic element thing yeah. later on in the movie. And it's yeah. it's like such a good decision. I love I love the callback sort of stuff. Oh, that yeah. They the do movies. a lot of those callbacks of like things that he did during his downtime into like what's going on. Yeah. But um, I guess if we were to dive into what else was great about this movie is um one that whole beginning sequence of him just goofing off and being whatever <laughs> with his daughter yeah um because he's obviously in retirement or house arrest because of what he did in germany um i thought it was great the way they just kind of told you why he is where he is you know mm-hmm. after germany he's on house arrest and every he got excommunicated from the other people because we always wondered it's like if hank pym hates the starks so much and the avengers why did he get involved with the Avengers? You yeah. know what I mean? How did he authorize that? He didn't. You know? <laughs> Spoiler alert, he didn't. Yeah. You know, Scott did it by himself because he loves Captain America. And I would have done the same thing. And he ditched. That's how, like, great his admiration for Captain America is, though, you know? like And to do the right thing. Because right. someone comes up to your door and tells you, hey, we need to save the world. And you just say yes. You know what I mean? It's like... Right. That you're doing the right thing. And he didn't even think about, oh, you know, Hope doesn't want me to go. Or, you know, like... um. You know, Hank doesn't want me to go near the Avengers, you know, take the suit near them, mm-hmm. you know, but he did it anyways. And that's great. Yeah. And another thing that I loved and I will always love is his dynamic with his daughter. His oh, daughter yes. is like my favorite character, <laughs> ever. you know, especially since the minute, the second she talked about how she wanted to be his partner twice, yeah. once in the bedroom scene and then once at the end of the film. Obviously, that was to nuance the whole, like, oh, he wants you to be his partner, you know, like, you know, you guys right. could be a good dynamic duo. But I for immediately envisioned, like, the new Wasp, like, the Wasp that comics are going on right now. Mm. You know, it's neither of them. It's, like, this whole new person. Right. I totally envision like, in the future, she becomes the Wasp. Yeah. Or, like, that. a second version of, like, Ant-Man, even. I, I know that there's a character in the Marvel comics called Cassie Lang, who, like, is a mm-hmm. daughter, and she does become... Like, I don't know. I think she becomes, like, an Ant-Man hero, like, an Ant-Man-style hero. Oh, awesome. So, I mean, I don't know if that's some... I, I, it could very well end up being, like, part of the future Marvel slate, like, in the next 10 years. You know, when she's right. older, she could be part of, like, a young Avengers team or something. Yeah, because I'm imagining, like, Kamala Khan, and you know how she can, like, expand yeah. body parts yeah, and things like yeah. that. And then you got, like, you got like uh, Maggie going out and shrinking and enlarging herself, too, you know? That'd be fun. She could be the first giant wasp. <laughs> yeah she'll have both her the dad's first like one. ant-man suit stuff plus the blasters yeah and the wings granted i guess you wouldn't uh i mean it'd be weird to see like a giant flying <laughs> wasp that would be weird i think, but you know I what think I mean. but yeah that would probably be really uh 
really kind of crazy just you know like all the wind impact in the city and all that i don't yeah. really know how it'd work out <laughs> right i do love but like i was saying i do love how Amman and the wasp makes minor and side characters feel really important yeah you know like michael pena's character even ti and i forgot what word he kept using to describe the ghost but yeah yeah the other guy you know what i mean <laughs> they were all really great i think it was a know? really good idea to like um because they felt like they were a bit like relegated to to minor roles in this movie, but I think that's a great idea mm-hmm. because there are other characters that need to be focused on. Like you were able to give them just enough time to play up their strengths without you know giving them too much time because they had like a pretty good amount of screen time in the first movie because they were yeah. essentially like Scott's friends, like his only uh, companions. Well, he lives with Michael Pena's character. Yeah, yeah, and then oh, I really like how. Um... Randall Park's character was really good. He was really funny. He was really, he was really funny. He was like, "How'd you do that trick?" Yeah. Like, Are you we really? Do you really want to have dinner sometime? <laughs> you know, I'm, I am gonna get you, Scott. But were you serious about that? <laughs> he's like, he's like exactly the FBI agent you would assume Scott Lang would have. Oh yeah, perfect. Detail. He's like, "How'd you do that trick, Scott?" <laughs> he's probably like, he's. I mean, it seems like you know he's probably the head of his division, like at the FBI. Yeah. But you kind of get the sense that he's like he's not really like the top tier FBI agent. Like he's probably like Scott Lang level within his own organization. Right. I also liked, yeah. And I also liked how his Maggie's um, stepfather and mom were like way friendlier to Scott this movie than last movie. Cause if they kept playing on that whole trope of, you know, ex ex wife is still kind of like mean to you. And the guy's always suspicious of you. It's like kind of lame, but they're like always defending him and they're like in yeah. love with him because he's like a hero. <laughs> I loved that dynamic change. Is, is, is Maggie, because Ca- her character name is Cassie, is Maggie her? Cassie, really? whoa, my bad. Oh, okay, okay. Because I, no, I don't actually don't know what her actress name is, so it's like, oh, is No, it yeah, it's not Maggie. My okay. bad. I was thinking of something else. <laughs> no, yeah. but I really like that too. Like, <laughs> there's always like the group hug and then, and then the father, the uh, stepfather also comes in to like hug yeah. and it's like super great. It's yeah. so great. They all love him so much and it's, I think... I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'll just talk about this now. I was going to talk about this as like the final point, but what the heck? Um, mm-hmm. My favorite thing about this movie and the Ant Man franchise in general is that I feel like out of all the Marvel movies, it's pretty much the one that's most family centric. Like family is like everything in these right. movies. Everything like, Scott does is for Cassie. Yeah, yeah pretty so. much like all the protagonists, they're all driven by family. Like their uh-huh. motivations are either to protect their family or to save their family. Right. Um, and all of their downfalls are like, you know, how their family members are either um, like, you know, in the first one, there was like a lot of tension between Hank and um, and Hope. Oh. Mm. Um, but then they work really, really well together in this movie. So there's like this kind of like coming together over the course of the first one into this one. And mm-hmm. yeah, like you mentioned earlier, Scott and Cassie just have like such a great father daughter relationship. Oh, right. And yeah. it's just like i don't get this feeling from any other marvel movie or any other superhero movie really out there yeah where you get like such a strong message uh of like familial bonds and why those are important and why they're so strong and why they can make you like the best hero you can be right yeah i'm big on like little moments uh Mm -hmm. in movies i love like the little stuff that most people don't touch on or quote those are like the little like nuggets, like gold little nuggets that I that make or break like a great movie to me. Yeah. And for me, not gonna even lie to you, my favorite two mom- moments in the movie that really sold me on like liking the movie was that whole part of Scott and Cassie sitting at his bed at the end of his bed <laughs> talking about 
him being ant-man again yeah that whole thing just like captured me even like the little thing of her like when he like laughed when she said i could be your partner yeah fight crime with you and he laughed and she was like don't laugh and i was like that's so (laughs) perfect that's exactly what a kid would say to you right because the kid doesn't see it as ridiculous you know what i mean the kid 100 percent sees it as i could be a hero too yeah you know and you expect her to say like oh you can have you know hope be your the wasp because she already already is or whatever your partner and then Mm -hmm. But instead, she was literally thinking about herself. And what kid wouldn't want to be a superhero when she sees them all the time on TV? And her dad is one, you know? Yeah. And think that she can't just be one, too. It's, I don't know. It was just a small and, like, really nice moment. And then um, a lot of people actually had qualms with how weird it was that he said that um, Hope reminds him a lot of Cassie. Because it's, like, the whole you just thought your girlfriend reminds you of your daughter. But, I mean, I think people were really missing the point. Yeah, so I totally about, like, agree. You're, you're like a straw. He's basically just telling his daughter that he saw, instead of seeing, like, a lot of hope in her, you know, like, yeah. hope is, like, this confident, smart, strong woman. He said he saw a lot of Cassie in hope. Yeah. You know, which basically meant he already saw his daughter as a strong, intelligent, confident girl, a woman, right. whatever. And Hope just has those qualities, too, that makes her, you know, more feel more closely to him. Yeah, I think that's totally that's totally fair and very sweet. Yeah. And I think I like the reverse of that, because usually you hear like, oh, the older person, the younger person reminds me of the older person, not the other way around. Yeah. You know, and then him obviously feeling bad about abandoning them, but doing what he wants to do is best for Cassie. Yep. And then Cassie literally telling him, no matter what you do, I always know you'll be doing what's best for me. So you should go help your friends. Yeah. You know, and then he does. So it's kind of like she's his moral compass when it comes to being blinded by wanting to do what's best for his family, Mm -hmm. even if it means morally compromising himself. Right. It's great. It's so great. I mean, I just love how important all of this is to the entire DNA of the Ant-Man series. But like Scott Lang in particular, he just never stops thinking about his daughter. It's like his whole world. And that's exactly how fathers should be (laughs) with their children. Mm -hmm. It feels very accurate. Like, you totally imagine yourself uh, thinking the exact same way. You know, if you were in that situation and you had a daughter and you were just always trying to do right by her because, you know, you screwed up a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's great. I really love it. And I also really like that. um, I really liked the tension between Hope and Scott. Like, every moment they had, they would be like, you know, obviously we're still attracted to each other. And then (laughs) instead of playing it off on that later on, they just had, like, that moment of, oh, you're alive. And then she, like, kisses him to confirm to the audiences that they're obviously still, like, you know, together. There was no weird conversation that needed to happen. There was no whatever. Their only, like, slightly weird conversation about talking about it was, like, if Cap asked me and I asked you to come with me, would you have said yes? Yeah, that was a good one. And then she says, we'll never know now, will we? But if we, if I did, we would have never gotten caught. Yeah. Like, that's basically, like, their whole awkward conversation of we haven't spoken in three years because you betrayed me. But, you know, we still like each other. Yeah. Like, that's literally, that's literally all the conversation that was needed. And that's, Yeah. That's I don't know if that scene was, like, all in the writing or if it was in the directing or what, but it's such a great I conversation. I think it was the actors. I think yeah. it was Evangeline, yeah. Lily, and Scott, and uh, Paul Rudd. Like, they are, those two people, in my head... Um, yeah, they had slight chemistry in the first movie, but when I first heard them announced as the characters, even way back in the first Ant-Man, mm-hmm. I like couldn't see it. You know what I mean? I was like, there's no, there's going to be zero chemistry between these two characters. But after this movie, Evangeline Lilly is so cool. Oh, like, yeah. I think she's so cool. She plays 
badass heroine like no one else does yeah and she, the, i think what's great about it and i'm really happy to see this it, is that it gives me a lot of hope for how captain marvel is going to come out mm-hmm. because all the other female like strong female characters before this one um they always had something about their femininity they were playing off of you know obviously black widow's a spy so she does the whole like you know sultry voice every now and again and yeah you never know what true. i'm thinking blah 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 and that's not a bad thing i'm just saying it's what all movies it's kind of what you expect female characters yeah, yeah always fall back to right you know, and i'm not saying it's bad writing it's just what they know yeah and especially it's what they know works and that's fine for a spy that's perfect but all we really have is a spy yeah you know what i mean and the one off the and like we don't really have any other like strong female characters we had valkyrie but she was like a drunk you know and then she just <laughs> kind of walked around like a badass but she was like a goofy kind of badass because she was drunk like a scarred drunken whatever right but here yeah. we have evangeline lily who's an intelligent confident strong badass character like it didn't matter what gender she was the minute she walked in she was she owned the room she owned the situation and she knew what she was doing and she was done yeah you know what i mean there was nothing else about it to it it could have been a guy playing the same character and i don't think a single line or a single like like action scene or even movement of regular scenes would have been any different you know what i mean and Mm. i think that's great that you could literally replace her with a guy or replace a guy with a girl i think excellent character writing is when you can replace the character with either gender and nothing needs to change Mm. you know what i mean like no dialogue no movement nothing needs to change i guess yeah i guess everything has its merit because like i guess you know like black i guess like being a spy it's like it it kind of almost seems like it's a necessity just because of the type of work you're doing to be that way and that's fine I feel like, uh, I mean, Gomorrah also has like her own sort of thing, but I think just because of the fact that it's like, you know, an outer space alien tour and like, she's like visiting worlds that are very different from earth, you know? Yeah. There's really like, no, it doesn't make sense to like have that type of personality. Right. Um, Valkyrie is pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, I get your point. Like it's, it's great that she is kind of just a badass all around and there's no like, there's nothing specific about like her gender or her background or anything that like lends itself to the way she acts other than that she's in total control of the situation. And that's pretty nice. It's pretty nice to see. And I think that Captain Marvel will definitely see some of that too because it's for every other character that there is out there now, I think that Captain Marvel would be the most similar to the Wasp in terms of like personality and confidence. Yeah, um, I can't wait to see them. And I'm really excited. Be in the next yeah, because I, I think Evangeline Lilly has already said that she's filled film scenes with Brie Larson um for the next one so i'm already excited to see that i'm i'm and i know that we're jumping out of ant-man and the wasp here but for the next marvel avengers film i'm really excited to see like every avenger like every superhero character we've had up until that movie that way they can segue from the old into the new yeah in one scene like i want to see that Mm. And I know that's way too much to ask because there'll be <laughs> way too much going on, but I really just want to see, like, the Wasp next to, like, Captain Marvel next to Captain America make a joke about how she'll call him Cap, you know? Like, yeah. it'll just be, I don't know, it would just be great, but that's obviously a tangent. All in all, <laughs> the the characters and the actors really sell it home for me in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the writing, uh, that's kind of what kills it, only because of the whole villain thing that I went on a long spiel about in the beginning. Uh, but like you said, the heart of it, the family of it, the the action sequence. Uh, I'm not going to give it to the action sequence. Action I'll give it to it because I didn't watch any of the trailers. Like I saw <laughs> well, one I'm trailer. Saying it's like so. it's hard to avoid though. You know, like what they what they did with the um, 
what they did with the whole shrinking and whatever i always like how creative they are with yeah that, obviously yeah. but since i saw it all already it kind of like wasn't like a wow factor for me but yeah. i will say one other qualm i had uh i know i said i was gonna end that way before but just adding it in as a qualm i'm gonna agree with scott lang on and it is are you just gonna add the word quantum <laughs> in front of everything right and expect us to understand what the hell is going on because that's essentially what they did and i'm glad scott called them out on it because he basically just said you can't just tag the line quantum <laughs> in front of something and expect everything to make sense i do kind of like how you know very very strange it gets when they deal with this stuff because it's so like uniquely like the like you know, quant like the quantum world or whatever you want to call it in general is like still not completely even understood. And there's a lot of very strange behavior that doesn't act anything like the way things act in the bigger world. And so it was kind of fun to like play with those concepts. And um, there's a current series out um, called Ant-Man and the Wasp with Scott Lang and Nadia um, Van Dyne. And they're like basically in like a very microscopic world where things get really weird too. And that's really fun. Hmm. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so you should have to check that out. But um, yeah. let's see, what anything else? So yeah, so I guess like sort of in line, the other thing that I kind of had qualms with, and it was still dealing with the villain situation, is kind of how it all got resolved, which mm -hmm. was essentially Janet either transferring or using quantum energy to magical quantum, quantum yeah, powers. Which is like, yeah, and like at that point in the movie, I was like already really satisfied with my whole journey that i would kind of just like let it go because it's like yeah whatever like i i had you like, don't a like lot the deus ex machina at the end of just i have magical quantum realm powers <laughs> let me touch you and everything will be okay i think the main reason why i was able to give it a pass is because i think like i personally believe that like the overall theme of ant-man and ant-man the wasp is sort of this like parents as superheroes slash saviors theme mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. it's scott lang and uh, even Hank, to some extent, is like a hero to Hope after they've mm -hmm. like, reconciled. And mm -hmm. Hope obviously sees Hank and her mom as like amazing people. And so mm -hmm. in sort of the way that Janet resolves the conflict for Ghost in the way that seems almost matronly and like motherlike in the way that she was able to heal her, mm -hmm. it's like, all right, that's fine. It's okay. Because in this <laughs> world... Like, your parents are your heroes. Mm. And she was essentially, like, being the hero to Ghost in that moment. Like, being the mother and healing her daughter. Like, you know, yeah, obviously right. not literally. But I was like, mm. all right, I already accept this theme. I'll just roll with it. <laughs> all right. That's fair. I'll give you that. But still, I just... I did not like... I don't. I just really don't like do sex machina. Like, solutions? <laughs> yeah, solutions of... Hey, you know, let, we just want to give her a happy ending too. So she touched her and everything's okay now. And we're still working on f permanently fixing her, but she'll be good for now. Yeah. It's like, okay. So, I don't know. Ah, I don't know. I didn't like it. Ugh. It leaves a bad <laughs> taste in my mouth every time. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I do, uh, I have mixed feelings about the whole path that Marvel's going of sympathetic villains. Uh, I feel like they're relying too heavily on that now for quality villains. Mm -hmm. You know, before they had one-off boring villains, so they moved into sympathetic villains, and then they went into... And that's kind of where they're at right now. I think they've pushed their luck on that one already. Um, I I think that's only just because of how if Infinity War went, because you're supposed to feel something for Thanos, because, you know, it humanized them. But outside of that, I feel like they're kind of pushing it now, and I would really like just, like 
and I hate to like pull DC into this because I know DCU is garbage right now, but I'm 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 pulling from Nolan universe mm-hmm. where sometimes you just need a villain that's just bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> he's just he's just bad, and he's good at being bad. Yeah, you know, and you it makes you want to like fight the dude, you mm-hmm. know, and win. Like you don't want to like be sad that the heroes have to beat the villain. You want to be like, how are they gonna beat the villain? This villain's crazy. Yeah, you know, like I'm waiting for that. I haven't seen a single Marvel villain that's like hits that note. Hmm. Every other Marvel villain for me so far has been a sympathetic one. Like good Marvel villain has been yeah. a sympathetic one. I'm looking for like somebody who's just. And I'm a really monster. hoping they'll flip Thanos into that role in the next Avengers movie, into the role of like, oh my god, how are they just gonna beat this guy? You know what I mean? It's impossible because in the last movie. They told us that we're supposed to be thinking, how are they going to beat this guy? But the whole thing I was thinking about the whole time is, hey, he's kind of right. <laughs> I don't think what he's doing is right. But, like, you know, he he, like, he, he did say it was going to be random. Like, the know, logic is understandable. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like I mean, it's got an odd fairness to its yeah, rule Yeah, he's sad about the sacrifices he made to do it. You know, he just did what a lot of people, he did the dark side of, a lot of, of what a lot of people don't see actually happens in everyday life for them to have the good quality life that they have. Mm. You know, he did the seedy, seedy underbelly side of things that most people turn a blind eye to, to have the cushy life that they have, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so it kind of didn't make me think, oh, man, how are they going to beat this guy? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for the villain where I'm like, God, they got to stop this guy. Oh, I can't wait for them to stop this guy. They got to stop this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Stop this villain. I think that'll be fun. I mean, I think, I think I'm good. I like, I think I would in my ideal you know like world i think it would be good to have just like a mix like they'll just like mix it around um with every movie or every like few because uh, i think Galactus. it doesn't really matter to me like what kind they are as long as it's written well because at the end of the day mm. it's like as long as you can give me the strong effect um throughout the story you can kind of go with whatever like you know because i'd rather have uh just like well-written ones i'd rather have like five of the same variety well-written than like mm-hmm three different ones then they're all bad <laughs> that's fair i'm just saying i'm waiting on that galactus galactus and if yeah. i don't get galactus i'm waiting on that dr doom oh i think we should get doom first i think that'd be more fun because <laughs> oh, doom yeah. is like he's like bigger than life but he's also like literally on earth and ruler of a country yeah and like, that's very that would interesting be, that'd be great yeah let's get some of that in there shall we yep i guess we just gotta wait for the fantastic four to come in first <laughs> yeah probably uh so yeah last thing that uh, i guess we'll talk about is the first post credit scene because i in somewhere in my brain the only one that matters knew it was coming but i still Mm. was completely shocked and the whole theater gasped in that moment and it was yeah it was like a very visceral reaction to what was i i think as much as i saw it coming i didn't expect all of them to be fading i know i thought i thought they'd actually leave either hank to reconcile with tony to, mm. you know, end the whole Pim Stark controversy issue. Yeah. Or leave Janet, who doesn't know anyone, to build a relationship with Scott and the and the Avengers because she's been just gone yeah. for a long time. You know what I mean? That's true. Like like a weird... I was expecting like a weird combo of things. Right. Not like everyone and then Scott stuck in the quantum realm. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. But that's like, it's... I mean, narratively, it's kind of awesome. To just I know, but who's going to get him out is my question. Literally, no one knows he's in there. That's so great. It's like, that's even more fuel to see the next one. I mean, not that anyone needed more reasons to see the sequel to Infinity War, but right. here's another reason to see the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. That that <laughs> post-sequence scene, post-credit scene was awesome. Um, The second one, 
I, I I'm getting real tired of them okay. trolling the crap out of me at the end of these. Like the Spider-Man, Spider-Man one. Homecoming uh, was the first God. really egregious example of this. It was the very first. Yeah, but after <laughs> they did that, they totally were like, we can do it again. Yeah. And we should have just never, we should have never let them do it again. Shit's yeah. awful. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that about does it for me. Yep, that's all I gotta say. Awesome. Thanks so much, everyone. And that just about does it for this episode of Coffee at Jitters, all about Ant-Man and the Wasp. We hope you guys enjoyed it. If you've seen the movie, we'd love to hear what you thought about it. Feel free to reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook, or even our main website, coffeeatjitters.com. That's right, we have a domain now, and we're moving up in the world. Thanks, everyone. Catch you later.